0: joy and this is claire this is episode 345 of the girls gone Wad podcast soon to be this is joy and claire this episode is sponsored by ned our favorite guys at ned you can support the podcast by going to helloned.com the discount code is ggw try out their cbd products and then their hormone line is really rocking i love it so much you know what i love the most right now is that salve the cbd salve that you just put on your tummy when <laughs> put on your tummy when things hurt down there. Uh, Not down there, but when you have cramps. (laughs) Not that kind of salve. (laughs) Uh,
1: I really like it. I don't know all of the other people out there who are moms know that like the first year after you have a baby, your hormones are just crazy. And I have been, yeah, just trying to get my cycle back on track and it has kind of been a shit show. And their tincture, their period ease tincture has really helped me not be so crampy and not be so like feel so crazy. It's just, yeah, it's so nice. It's like very gentle and soothing, but it does just like I think all CBD products, you know, we always kind of talk about CBD and our experiences with CBD that it's not like a silver bullet, but it just takes the edge off. And I feel that same way
0: about their hormone products as well. You can get a gift too for someone who may need this in their life. You can go to HelenEd.com, discount code GGW, and you can support Joy and Claire at the same time. So last week was quite the uh, response to the rage spiral that we had. And I feel very lucky that we have the listenership that we have. But I'm also never wanting to be a hypocrite by just wanting people to agree with us either. Uh, Because I think that's a a problem with a lot of what's out there is people just kind of surround themselves with yes men. And I always am trying to be careful that that's not the case. Like, we're not looking for everyone to agree with us. But I think um, in those scenarios, it's just so frustrating when we're seeing all this madness out there. And then that email just kind of tipped us over the edge. So we got so many really good, thoughtful responses, like no surprise for you guys are just super amazing listeners. But I just wanted to say thank you. And I don't know, it was just it was just interesting to kind of see we'll, we'll get to some emails and some voice memos of what people thought. Um, there's a, a couple really good ones. But what was your reaction after last week, Claire?
1: I was not surprised that everyone in our community kind of felt similarly to us. I think to your point joy like i do appreciate when we hear opinions that differ from our own and in this in this case i if anything i was surprised by the fact that i don't feel like we really heard anybody going i don't know what you're talking about why are you making a big deal out of this you know everyone was like yeah that was messed up so i'm glad that we talked about it i'm glad that you know we aren't the only ones out there who are noticing these kinds of things and feeling really crappy about them but and then yeah i'm really grateful for everyone's Excitement about our podcast change.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about that too. Um, that that made me so happy because uh, we got such good responses about people just saying, "Okay, now I don't have to explain the podcast." We'll get to that, to that in a second because I also want to start to bring up something that I was talking about with Laura Ligos and uh, the sassy dietitian, where we had. I'd like to know what you're th- what you think about this, Claire, because when we talk about all these issues and a lot of like our rants, well, we don't rant a ton, but when we do something like we did last week there's always kind of this hesitation for me where I'm like, people can live their life. But at the same time, I think drawing a line where something that is so ridiculous and can cause a lot of harm is really important to speak out about. But, you know, Laura Ligos was talking about and I'm just saying her full name, (laughs) Laura, because she put out this book recently. And it's clean eating cookbook, the complete clean eating cookbook. And she's like, yeah, I'm getting a lot of comments from people, not a lot, but she's like, I will get she's got a, a decent following so people are always giving feedback and of course we can't always you know rely on social media comments to be the end all be all for our feedback but people will comment about like i can't believe you you know name this the clean eating you know i can't believe you use the word clean and she's like okay i am a dietitian i am an rd like can we at least agree that like not every word has to be offensive anymore like there's also like the flip side of We can't even say clean eating. We can't even say diet anymore. We can't even say, I mean, everything is kind of this buzzword, and so, or even just kind of the knee-jerk reaction words. And so I just want to talk about that a little bit too, because I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I felt last week, where I'm always feeling like I have to to tiptoe around everything we say. So last week felt like a big step for me, because I'm like, I'm so fed up. I'm so sick of everything being, we have to be so careful about everything, because we don't want to offend anyone. But guess what? It's like, people are going to get offended. So why don't we just put it out there and not worry about it? Because that's just going to happen. But especially around what she was saying with words, and especially being a dietitian and talking about food, which is such a touchy subject for everybody.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard to walk the line between wanting not wanting anyone to feel excluded from our conversation versus overly censoring ourselves. And like, I think we err on the side of censoring so that people don't feel excluded or feel shamed by the way, you know, by the opinions that we have. And I think that that's okay, but I do definitely think that it keeps us from sharing some of our more or stronger opinions a lot of the time because we don't want people to feel like we're calling them out. And even like, you know, the text exchange that we shared, that you and I shared prior to recording the episode was like, well, what do people feel called out? And I was like, well, let them feel called out. Like this is messed up. But that's, it's not always as black and white as that. And I feel like last week, this situation was very, was pretty clear, like, this was a bad move. This was bad advice. This was harmful advice. And there's really no arguing with that. Whereas a lot of the other stuff that, you know, when it comes to diet and exercise, everything is so personal that it can be really hard to feel like we can, you know, make strong statements, knowing that there are people out there who every single person has a different story and comes into comes to every meal with a completely different background. And I think like for somebody like Laura, it's got to be so frustrating because she actually is like, listen, no, I'm the one who like, I'm qualified to talk about this. And she's sort of battling against all these other people who have no qualifications and are kind of giving clean eating or whatever diet names a bad rap. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you're like, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't.
0: Yeah, I think with her also, she didn't give clean eating a bad name. She's a nutritionist. She's a registered dietitian. She knows what she's talking about. She knows when she says clean eating that she's talking about something that has a lot of research behind it and is coming from a really good place. And I even told her, I'm like, look, you are coming from really good intentions and people who will support you know that you have really good intentions and that you don't mean clean eating as in you should be ashamed if you don't eat clean. Like, that's just not who you you are. That's not your brand. But I think what you said to your point too, of just being very extreme of what we were talking about last week was it was a pretty extreme email and claim. Therefore, we responded with very extreme emotions. And I think what Laura and I talk about a lot too is this gray area of nutrition where there's so many things that she's trying to educate people about, but they take it very personally because there's so many charged emotions around eating, diet, and exercise. So where do we find that gray area? And I think there's a really good voice memo that one of our listeners sent in that I'd like to play. And this is from Kat.
2: Hi, guys. Um, This is Kat from Boston. Um, I just listened to your Rage Spiral episode and have some positive feedback that I'd like to share, so don't worry. Um, I also want to say that I am selfishly very excited about your name change because people always ask me what podcasts I listen to. Um, it's just you and Dak Shepard, by the way, um, but I always have to explain you guys so tentatively because I'm like, it's Girls Gone Wad. It's technically like a CrossFit podcast, even though I, I don't even really do podcasts, but you just have to listen because, like, they're the best. They just talk about, like, life. And it'll just be a lot easier for me um, to just say I listen to this one called This is Joy and Claire, and um, they're just awesome ladies. So, I mean, good marketing move for me. Um, so, yeah, so the rage spiral. Um, so I, uh, you know, tonight and so many other nights, I'm so grateful for you guys and for your voice and the way that you use your platform Um, I found you guys shortly after I had, uh, similar to Joy, like, sort of self-by-myself defeated, um, binge eating disorder. Not that Joy had binge eating, but that she was, like, self-diagnosed and self-treated, sort of, with her eating stuff. I think that was the case. Um, and it was just, like, the best, uh, most authentic voice that I could have found at that point. Um, anyways... So uh, I, a hundred percent, am on board with all of your rage that uh, I just listened to, and share it. Even um, I totally ha- have the same reactions. Um, but I, I have an idea, or you know, a, a wish that um, I don't know. Maybe you don't care about it. But I, I, um, and I think you're right that you, your audience totally gets it and is here with you and and we all agree with you I guess for the most part we, you've got like a strong support but so here's the the thing here's what I want so um I for example I have uh, my fiance's sister and mom are both women who will say things like oh like I gotta lose thirty pounds or like oh I've been so bad uh, next week or like after the holidays I'm gonna be good again and oh like I gained seven pounds and like these are all the foods I'm going to eat. And like his sister always posts, um, selfies at the gym and like is, I don't know, is and is obsessed with working out and fitness and, uh, I don't know. And it's, it's constant. And I, I, I feel like the rage response while again, like I totally am there with you, it doesn't help. Um, if, if we want to enact real change and educate people because so often I want to just be like, why are you doing that? Like, don't, you can't, don't, you can't say that. But it, they they would just come back and be like, or if I, even if I said something a little bit more intelligent, like, why? Like, why do you need to, feel, why do you feel like you need to be good? They would say like, well, I want to be skinnier or like, I just want to look better. Like, I don't, I feel, I don't feel like I look good right now or something. And it's like, while I still know that that's not right, like, I, I, I really wish that we could come up with, like, a solid set of language that we can use to educate people and help people that isn't ragey. Because I, the rage, I think, works when people already get it, but it doesn't work if people don't get it. And, um... I don't know. Like I don't know what that looks like. If it's like social media content, or even like a web, like a website full of resources, or like a one pager, or something that we, because you guys have have put out such good advice, like from um, Laura and lots of people about um, disordered eating and things like that. But I just I feel like so often the the argument against ad- disordered Um, eating attitudes is emotional, because it is emotional for us, you know, like, I know Joy, it sounds like Joy and I have had similar paths, and we're similar people, um, that might be creepy to say, because you've never met me, actually, you did meet me once, I came to one of your live shows in Colorado, or in, uh, yeah, in Denver, but anyways, (laughs) I I get that, anyways, um, it's emotional, and so we, I, I often am have to like hold myself back from responding emotionally and I just wish that we had a you know like you've got the people here you've got your platform like I wish we could just come up with awesome content that helps people start to look at their habits differently and the way they say things differently rather than just us getting upset and ragey because you know it, it only goes so far and and I again like I'm right there with you I get I, I feel that way too but um Anyways, I don't know if this makes sense I'm sitting in my car by myself Which is, um, you know, normal Uh, right. well, thank you for listening if you listened to this whole thing Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for the future of the podcast I, I don't want to ever stop listening (laughs) It's such, it's such a great, um, thing that I feel like I get to do for myself Is, you know, listen to you guys and feel like I feel validated, um, when I listen to you guys and it's just like, it feels like self care, honestly, when I listen to your podcast. Um, all right. Well, I don't know, just some food for thought. Um, love the podcast. All right. Bye.
0: Thank you, Kat. That was really good. So she brings up a lot of good points and I totally agree that when you're talking family members and friends, preaching is going to do nothing. I think when we're talking about what we did last week in the episode and calling out big businesses, I think you have to be mad. And you have to stir up energy around it for people to kind of start taking action. So I think talking two different things where I felt completely fine going off on the things that we went off on last week. But I completely agree with Kat when you're dealing with people in your life, setting a boundary and saying, you know, actually, I don't really want to talk about this in front of my family, or I don't want to talk about this in front of my kids, or whatever it may be, like whatever setting is, I, I don't want to use this language when we're at the dinner table, can you guys just not talk like that, is totally fine to set a boundary. I don't think that's being rageful. I think you can do it in a way that's just either removing yourself from the conversation, or just even depending on the relationships you have with people, truly just living the example is really all you can do sometimes. I know that's so frustrating. But what do you think what she said about just kind of like, I think we're always wanting that perfect answer that we can just fix it all. And I know that doesn't exist, where we could just be like, how do we influence people to not fall into those traps that are so easy to fall into?
1: Yeah, I think that goes, it really does go with what I was saying earlier about how it's so hard because it's so personal. And so, you know, I don't really know that there can be like a set answer to get people to understand where we're coming from. And, you know, living by example or leading by example also doesn't always work because, I think the diet industry is so ingrained, especially in, I mean, I was going to say kind of in like the next generation of older than us, but realistically, it's everywhere. It's everyone. It's all, you know, it's, it's our moms. It's was our grandmas. It's, you know, also the generation coming up behind us. Like it's still so pervasive. And the longer you've lived with it, the harder it is to accept, not even accept, but just like the harder it is to understand how you could live outside of it or that like there even is a life outside of it. I think that so many people just think like this is what life is. It's about, you know, dieting is just a part of life and we can't be trusted to feed ourselves and, you know, look at all the people who aren't on diets and they're all unhealthy and we have an obesity epidemic and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, first of all, the concept of an obesity epidemic, I think at this point, is for you know a lot of people is more of like a fear thing than it is necessarily medical i think we're learning so much more about obesity and what it means you know to be chronically overweight and the fact that like weight in and of itself as a standalone factor is not doesn't really mean anything by itself you know it only means things when it's attached to other symptoms and other you know issues and like yes you know, if you like, I'm not going to go into the science behind it. There's a lot of science and a lot of medical studies behind the fact that, like, actually being overweight in and of itself is not necessarily a problem. However, we have been for so, 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 so long taught to believe that being overweight is like the number one sin we can commit, that of course. If you tell someone, like, hey, you don't have to worry about that. They're, it's like you're speaking another language sometimes. Or, mm-hmm. or like, hey, you know, just relax. It's like, well, I can't relax. How am I? It's like telling somebody, well, you know, just, just stop working. And, like, money will figure itself out. It's like, I mean, maybe.
0: Yeah, like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, no, and you know, I think that people like have that se- that same sense of urgency around their
0: weight. Well, you remember how you said last week, I, like last week, where you said, when we go into a gym, sometimes that we assume that we're stepping into the gym, the goal is that we're to lose weight. And I think that we're always, always trying to find the perfect answer of how you can pursue fitness and health without that monster of a beast being the drill sergeant in your mind being like, you suck, you have to lose weight. That's what I think we're all struggling with. And most of us are. And I think that that's kind of at the end of the day, what we're trying to be like, well, I have to pick a side. So I guess like, how do I pursue health without turning it into this obsession? How do I pursue health without turning it into this like, diet talk? And I think, that's what we're always trying to talk about is we can be pursuing a healthy lifestyle. You just don't have to make it the focal point of your life. And if it's the focal point of your life to a point where you're just missing out on, ev- on living, <laughs> then that's not healthy, right? I think there was that the Effet the Diet posted that quote the other day that was like, if you're so consumed by diet and exercise, that's not health. I think we can all agree on that.
1: Yeah. What did it say? Like the irony is being obsessed with being healthy is not healthy
0: is not healthy. Right. So we're, I think that's the important piece that we always get confused with is like, okay, so we, uh, back to the beginning of what what I was talking about with Laura was why we just can't even have these conversations anymore because people are going to get triggered and people are going to get upset. And I'm like, no, I love being healthy. It makes me feel good. I want to be 80 years old, maybe crossing a finish line somewhere for like a walk. Maybe, I don't know if I'm going to be running at that age, but whatever. Like those are the things that make me happy. And it's not from a place of self-hatred. Uh, one of our really great listeners, Joy, her name is Joy. She had a really good comment. She said about the healthy at every size movement, two things. One, Barbell Medicine, it's barbell underscore medicine, folks have, if you're on Instagram, have really good information about the science of eating, BMI and waist circumference, as well as minimal amount of exercise per week to live a good life into our geriatric years. I love how she said that. Just let's just live a good life into our geriatric years, okay? I especially like this because powerlifting does not overly value thin bodies as fit bodies. Number two, I think healthy at every size misses the problems inherent in the outliers. So if you are in the average of the curve in terms of BMI, regardless of the shape of your body, you're good. If you're underweight, um, and she says at or below 85% of ideal body weight, or obese, morbidly obese, at or above 120% of ideal body weight, the data suggests this will have significant health problems the longer we stay there. So that's interesting. Yeah, because I think that's a really good point to think about. Like, if you're looking at Healthy at Every Size, you're not talking about the outliers. But I
1: think also it's important, like, I like the way she says that of like, hey, the data suggests that this might happen over a long period of time. And, you know, for for me, like, I just think back to to being 115 pounds in college And being so unfit, being super unhealthy, eating like crap, sleeping like crap, you know, super stressed out. Like, yeah, you know, I'm 5'3", so 115 pounds is kind of maybe on the low end, but pretty much in the, very much in the range of what would be considered a healthy BMI. And I was super unhealthy versus now I weigh like 160 and it's, you know, probably much, very much the higher range, if not outside of the range of what would be considered a healthy BMI for being 5'3". And yet still very much within sort of what the average is, you know, for any like body shape I see walking down the street and I'm significantly healthier. I eat much better, you know, I am pay so much more attention. And so I think really at the end of the day, it just goes to show that like your body weight is such a crappy indicator. And it's such a crappy I think indicator. that's really what it comes down to is it's like body weight means something, but it doesn't mean everything. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a total crapshoot. If you're trying to judge anything based off of that one stupid number about how much yeah. gravity affects your body, like mm-hmm. that's all that weight is. It's just how much gravity is pulling on your body every day. It, mm-hmm. you know, it really, you know, your mass or whatever, like it's just so stupid and, you know, the fact that we have turned it into the holy grail of numbers that we judge ourselves by and judge our health by is just stupid. Like, it's just, it's crappy. Why it's do we do this? It's
0: objectively stupid. It's very crappy because it's very emotional and it goes yeah. for everyone that's such an individual thing. We were ta- I was talking today with some of my girlfriends at lunch. And um, a couple of them have preteen girls and we were just kind of talking about bodies and kind of their body image and kind of how they're looking at themselves now as they're entering puberty. I'm like, yeah, do you remember the first time someone actually made a comment to you about your body? Because I remember it specifically. And I think that's just such an interesting because we were talking about like what she was wearing. And I can't remember how it came up. But she was basically saying something like, she's just coaching everyone around her, like in family to be like, do not comment on her body. Like do not because that gets just seared in your brain. So she's trying to like protect her as much as possible. I'm like, yes, I think that's like, such a good point. I still remember the times when people made comments on my body. And that just kind of sears in. And while we cannot control what happens to everyone, we can kind of just give that message of like, that is just not something that you should put value on. And And then just kind of like cross your fingers and hope that that we make it through. But just that number has always been something that is, I mean, we can go off on whether it be magazines and models and like over the years, it's really morphed into different things. But because we have... Social media, and we have the before and after photos that kind of did that run. there's a number of things that we kind of look at and be like, well, we're comparing ourselves to that and we're gonna co- we are we're by nature always going to compare ourselves to where we stand in the world and I think that the more we can talk about that, you know back to cat's voicemail, the more we can talk about how this just really doesn't matter, and the how is really hard. I never want to discount that be people are always like, well, how do you get there?" And I all I can say is that's different for everyone. And for From my personal experience, it just took a lot of time to just kind of do back to like a few weeks ago, the listener who was like, this is just what I look like. I love my body. I love the bones that keep me up. I love, you know, I I was looking, I was giving myself dialogue to talk about it as just like a piece of flesh that's holding my organs in. Like you said earlier, and by the way, when that email was like, you can you know, how I got abs. We're like, yeah, I think everyone has abs, by the way. Um, and if you didn't have abs, all your organs would fall out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Joy texted me. She was like, don't we all have abs? I was like, oh, yeah, your organs would fall out. You and not be able to stand up. You would, all sorts of things would be problematic. We all have abs. Our, all of us. Congratulations. We have abs. Con- you, you did it. You got abs.
0: <laughs> you got abs. Congratulations. Um, everyone wins.
1: Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back or on the belly. All of the above. Yeah, it is it's just so hard to say like like I get I totally get and I totally agree that rage is not helpful. It is it feels good, it's cathartic, I think it's necessary sometimes, but it's not helpful. And I just don't know what the answer is because I don't think there is one answer. And sometimes sometimes the answer is just you know, doing your own thing and hoping that people take freedom from your freedom. And sometimes the answer is slowly having conversations. And sometimes the answer is sitting down, you know, just looking at your friend in the eye and saying, why are you doing this? And other times the answer is just not doing anything because, you know, it's not worth your peace of mind to take on that battle for somebody else. Right, but I will say,
0: yeah, I will say that I think it, I have an idea, I like to state a problem and then I like to look for a solution. So it's kind of the same thing in a workspace. It's like, don't come to me with all these problems unless you have a solution in mind. And I think that calling out and getting angry is really important. I don't think that we should stay there. So I don't think... And I'm, I think I'm just speaking for myself. I'm doing a lot of work. I'm doing a lot of inner work lately where I'm just like, it's okay to be pissed off. Like, just let yourself have an opinion and be pissed off about something. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, look, I'm so tired of censoring myself, but I'm not going to stay there. I have no intention of staying angry. I have no intention of staying rageful, but I want to express rage and then I want to get on with it and be like, I'm calling this out, and then we got to get on with it with a solution. And I think that's the piece that I think is really important for us to look at, because I'm so sick and tired of especially women being like, Oh, don't get mad. It's okay. Don't get mad. And it's like, No, I'm pissed. I'm so pissed. This is ridiculous. And then we can get some energy to do something about it. I'm not going to be pissed off for the rest of my life nor am I going to I and I know that's not healthy to stay there and think that we're going to come up with solutions from that space but I'm also just really sick of like trying to be polite I agree I don't really feel like I've
1: um, overly have ever been overly worried about being polite so maybe that's an issue in and of
0: itself <laughs> yeah but um yeah I yeah I have a, a really good email from Karina And I want to get through this really quick, just because I really appreciate her writing to us. And then we can obviously take more questions from you guys. We love when you guys write us about this stuff. Um, But then we'll change topics for today. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can feel my blood boiling again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So this is from Karina. She says, thank you so much for your latest podcast. It's refreshing to hear your perspective on eating. I would like to share my story with you since I never thought that I would have the problem I ended up with. I was obese for most of my life. Once I finished college and started grad school, I started Weight Watchers and working out. I lost a significant amount of of weight, but I was still overweight. I finished grad school and moved to a new city. I met my husband, stopped working out, and gained some weight back. After having two kids, I was up a significant amount again. I didn't want to get back to working out again. Oh, I'm sorry. I did want to get back to working out again. So I started going to CrossFit. I really enjoyed the community atmosphere. I then started counting macros and got down to my dream weight. In the process, which again, dream weight is like Just a number we made up in our head. In the process, I stopped menstruating. My body did not like being that size. As my cholesterol went up, my liver enzymes were elevated and my blood cell count decreased. I also had no hormones. Even after eating more, there was no change in anything. My cholesterol continued to go up. I started gaining weight and stopped working out. I gained 30 pounds and my cholesterol, liver enzymes, and blood cell counts are back to normal. Thankfully, my bone density is still normal. I am still not menstruating, but I am working with a doctor that is an expert in this subject as well as a nutritionist. I do not fit her typical patient profile, as this usually happens to athletes in their 20s, and I am in my early 40s. Counting macros also seem to leave me with a worse relationship with food, as I am always looking forward to the day where I have an event that I don't track. I would end up gorging myself on food. I completely regret starting to count macros. I thought I was getting healthier, but it has caused me so many problems and spent a lot of money in the process of losing weight and gaining it back. I'm finding that this is becoming more common in women. It may be a good topic for one of your episodes. I know you have had some guests on the podcast that have brought this up. I have to admit that I don't have much time to listen to podcasts with two young children and a very demanding job. But when I do listen, I'm tuning into you. Thanks again for being so honest and sharing your thoughts. And that is from Karina. So this is again I just the reason I wanted to read that email is for anyone out there who may be struggling in the way that she was struggling, to where you're kind of like, Wow, I started this and I don't have a roadmap is to make sure you're working with someone who has experience, who has the wherewithal to say, I think you're not healthy here, or or if you feel like you're that's taking over your life that you have someone with that experience to recognize that and to be mindful of any type of nutrition program you enter into. Because as Claire and I have said over and over again, plenty of you have done macro counting, um, or really any diet, this really isn't just for macro counting, but maybe any kind of diet lifestyle where you have no issue with it. And that's fine. But really want to reiterate that that can happen and to make sure that you're listening to your body. And if you something doesn't feel right with a coach you're working with, maybe just ask, before going into it, ask their credentials of what kind of experience they have working with females or working with you know eating disorders and those types of things, I think is really important. So um, thank you for, for sharing that.
1: I think it's also another point to make that weight does not rule all. I'm glad that she brought that up, that like she was at her quote unquote dream weight and she was super unhealthy. Yeah. Right. All right. So real quick, guys, we want to tell you about the other fantastic sponsor of this episode, Super Fat. Super Fat. Super
0: Fat. I feel like I have to
1: put my hands (laughs) on my hips like Wonder Woman when I say that.
0: Yes. And it's so good. You just feel like you're a superpower when you eat this stuff. So this, these are the little packs of nut butters that are delicious and the flavors are fantastic. And you can support the podcast by having these little fantastic treats in your purse. Little snack magic. Superfat.com. The discount code is GGW. I personally keep these on my desk and keep these in my purse because you never know when you're like out and about and a snack attack hits you and you need snacks at all times. At least I do. So these are perfect and these do the job. I
1: love it. They're like these little cute packets of nut butter, except they're so much more than just nut butter. They have all different types of nuts in them. There are lots of different awesome blends and flavors. Some of them have protein, some have MCT, some have probiotics, some have coffee. They're so yummy. They're so creative. They're so interesting. It's so much better than just like a little packet of almond butter or whatever. It's so satisfying to knead it up and warm it up and get it ready when you're going to eat it. So head to superfat.com, discount code GGW, support the podcast, support
0: our awesome sponsor. My favorite is the coffee and MCT, I just have to say. Like, when have you ever had a coffee MCT little packet of nut butter? I think think the other thing I love about them is their flavors are super unique. I feel like everyone does the same thing, but not super fat. So thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. All right. Real quick, before we kind of wrap up, I I did want to talk about that Game Changers documentary that I watched, only because I just have to say – that I don't know where I heard about it. Oh, I think it was a couple people had commented and they're like, have you watched Game Changers? And I feel like every few years, a new, I don't want to say vegan propaganda, because that's really not what it is. But kind of like going vegetarian or vegan lifestyle documentary comes out. I mean, it started with Food, Inc. And then there was like, What the Health? And then there was, you know, what? there's a million of them. And I got to say, like, back when I was in my 20s, I've hook, line and sinker for the vegan movement. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, we're tearing up the world. Well, that's there's there's definite truth to that. But any do- documentary I think I know by now, because I've seen so many that you really have to kind of dig in and be like, All right, now what's the other side have to say? So Game Changers, if you haven't seen it, it's <laughs> The other thing I just like that drives me crazy is I feel like there's so many like rich white dudes that like just have a bunch of money and they're like, I'm going to make a documentary and I'm going to put myself in it. It's like the number of those that exist out there is kind of ridiculous. So I'm like kind of ashamed that I watched another one because I'm like, oh, here we go again. Another Rich white dude who has a bunch of money just wants to put himself in a film and be like, I'm the hero of the day. So anyway, it's this fighter, whatever, what is that? World fighter, not MMA. The ultimate fighting champion, right? I just think of like Friends when, yeah, I think of like Friends when Monica's boyfriend did it. and (laughs) That's the only like reference I had was because I do not watch fighting. I can't stand it. But he did this documentary all about diet and how meat is so bad. And then they go through the whole rigmarole. You've seen it. You've heard it. They have all these doctors. The thing that drove me crazy, I think, to be fair, it was geared towards men. So I think what he was trying to do was to not have men be so manly over their meat, which, okay, that's fine. Like, let's kind of branch out to where we're not so masculine over like, I have to eat meat. I don't eat vegetables. And so I I do appreciate that. But the stuff that he did in this movie was kind of ridiculous. Like there's actually a point where he takes five or six NFL NFL players. They sit down with a doctor. They eat a bean burrito and then they test the number of erections they have overnight versus eating a meat burrito and then the number of erections they have overnight. And they put what? this like penis... I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I was watching this like, what kind of hocus pocus BS is this? And like the the NFL players, like obviously they're young and they're just laughing and thinking this is so funny because the doctor's like sliding their results across the table. And then obviously the results are like you had a bazillion erections when you ate a vegetarian bean burrito versus the meat burrito. And the guys are like, whoa, I'm going to eat vegetarian now. Like, because you measured measured the amount of erections you had over the night and they were completely different. It was that. How kind are those of, things even what, related? Well, it has to do with blood flow. I mean, oh, they just I like. Oh, I see.
1: <laughs>
0: what? Claire? Yes, I'm not kidding, and I'm not like, kidding. So I just feel like this sho- is really
1: oversimplifying the.
0: Uh, oh, oh my God, Claire! The
1: co- the correlation. That I feel like they can't.
0: What? I'm not kidding. So in the movie, they like he had the doctor has like a full on fake you know replica of a penis, and he is like showing them how to put these little sensors on their junk, and then they go to bed at night, and then it like measures the amount of, re- of erections they had. Anyway, this whole is definitely thing like a record
1: <laughs> for most number of times we've said erections in an
0: episode. I knew you were going to say that. We just hit a number of. Say crack one more time, crack. Okay, so anyway, so after the movie, I'm like, I have to like debunk all of this stuff because it's gonna drive me nuts. And then I listened to the Joe Rogan episode where he interviews Chris Kresser and the director of this film, and they just go at it. And the director of the film, I'm totally blanking on his name, I think it's James or something. The director of this film sounded so defensive that it was completely a turnoff where He's just trying to bash Chris Cressers, anything that Chris Cresser was saying. And poor Chris Cresser was just, I mean, I would encourage everyone to listen to it. It was a pretty recent episode on Joe Rogan. But Chris Cresser comes out as like the sane dude that's just like, dude, I'm just trying to talk to you. Like, calm down. And after I listened to that, I was like, I really want my, I don't know why I kind of, Dove down the rabbit hole. I feel like I, once I watched it, I had to go. I couldn't go back, so I was like, "I need more information so I can like untangle all of what they what they just put in this film." And then at the end of the day, it just comes down to Michael Pollan's book. Nothing changes. Like after I listened to all of that, I was like, "So basically, what everyone's saying is eat real food, not too much, mostly plants." Cool. Glad I just wasted three hours of my life to see. It. <laughs> it's my own fault. I blame myself. But I was like. Well, I didn't learn a whole heck of a lot. Just eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. So I did the, Good I did the work for oh you guys. You don't have to watch that movie. Just consider yourself done. Okay, let's finish off with the Peloton commercial, since we're talking about all the controversial things.
1: I watched the Peloton. Okay, so I don't have TV. I don't watch commercials like all i watch is hulu and we pay for no commercials so somebody dm'd us and was like i'm truly interested to know what you think about like the peloton commercial outrage and i watched it and i was like i mean that wasn't like a great commercial but i really don't see the controversy
0: i don't either i don't either at all i feel like this was again like something that was just completely blown out of proportion and then i was i think i was texting you claire i was like why are we so upset over someone like Most everyone, actually, I want to read some of the comments from the listeners before I go into something else, because it was just, I mean, it was so great. But I was like, I wanted to kind of know what um, everyone else thought about it, too. Because as I'm watching this, first of all, there was a part of me that truly was like, is this just trying to, like, people just trying to stir up drama where there's no drama? And truly, most, some people were like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know there was a commercial. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a Peloton commercial. I just Google Peloton commercial before you uh, listen to the rest of this part of this episode. So you know what we're talking about. It'll, it's like a minute long, so it won't take long. Some people were like, overblown. It was definitely a dumb, annoying commercial. I don't think it was sexist, though. I don't think so either. Like, some people were like, I didn't get it. She liked the gift. Nothing was said about waist- weight loss. Everybody calmed down. I don't get the drama, but I love all the videos making fun of it. <laughs> (laughs) I have friends who would love their husbands to get them a Peloton bike. I think there are much more important issues going on in the world to even care. I didn't think it was as bad as some people have made it out to be, but it was just awkward. Bad acting, silly plot, but it didn't offend me. I have a Peloton and love the brand. And I think the other thing too is people were like, skinny doesn't equal fit. If it was a large girl, people would still be mad. You can't win. Personally, I think it's dumb. What if she asked for it as a gift? I'd love to get one. I don't get it. I saw a woman finding time for herself in a healthy way, not about shaming. I think the thing when I watched it, I was like, she's just wanting this bike and she's like setting a goal for herself and she's excited at the end. Like the selfie video was kind of weird, but in the grand scheme of things, I've seen weirder commercials and then I texted Claire. I was like, I think Scott and I, it was really funny because we're watching all this, and Scott's like, why are we talking about the Peloton bike? What about the people who are getting cars for Christmas? Can we talk about that? Like, who gives cars for Christmas? And where do you get those red bows?
1: Fun fact, guys, I used to, I had to buy a bunch of those red bows for a job I had once, and you can get them on Amazon, and, and actually, you can get them on Costco. So if you're going to go, if you're going to give your spouse a car, please write in first and tell us how that works, how it works to make. <laughs> A purchase decision because like of, that yeah, without that your thing, spouse like, even knowing about it? How? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, what kind of world? That's just not the world I live in. We're, how would you not know that yeah. your spouse is buying a car or your partner is buying a car? That just that made me laugh really hard. And by the way, Scott thought it was hilarious that you knew where to buy Red Bows. He well, thought yeah. that was the funniest thing. <laughs> I mean,
1: guys, these are the types of things yeah. you have to know. This is why I get paid the big bucks is to know these types of things about. hmm for all of you. Yeah. I'm here for you.
0: Okay, so we, we just covered a lot. I kind of want to put on hold the word of the year because I'm starting to change my mind. Oh, but I did have an idea because we're not going to pick one right now because we're out of time. But I have this idea that what if we had someone else pick it like someone else pick like a challenge for us for the year cuz i feel like when i pick my own i'm not i'm accountable to, accountable to myself and then i just like give up have you ever done that where like someone else picks a challenge for you
1: i feel like this isn't quite the right thing to have someone else pick unless maybe i mean like unless you were like okay here's like the set like the two options that i'm choosing between and then you know do like, maybe a, it's not a maybe it's like a grand
0: poll or something like a I think you should do this next year. I don't know. I just feel like maybe I should be accountable my accountability buddy person every time I think about it. And this is just for me. You don't have to do it, but I'm just like, what if someone was just like, I think you need to do this next year? And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to tr- I'm going to really focus on that because you're challenging me to do it. Like that's kind of how I operate.
1: I What's your what's your Gretchen Rubin type?
0: I've never sat down and done that one, but I was actually just thinking that when I was saying it because it's yeah. like are you a Are you going to be the four tendencies? Yeah, Yeah, I can't. can't, They
1: are the oh my gosh, people are like shouting them at us right now. We know, we know, we're getting there, we're getting there. Upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels.
0: So I'm Um, probably an upholder and a obliger. Wait, what was the third one?
1: Questioner or rebel. You're definitely not a rebel. No. Okay, here's here's the cheat sheet for what they are. Here's the cheat sheet for what they are. Okay. The upholder meets outer expectations and inner expectations. So you're just like here for everything. Every time anybody or yourself has an expectation, you're going to meet it. The obliger meets outer expectations but resists inner expectations so you're you're more likely to do things that other people ask of you versus things that you expect for yourself mm-hmm. the rebel resists outer and inner and it's just like if you know I don't know how people who are rebels get things done and the questioner resists outer but meets inner so like That's the type of person who you're less likely to do something if someone else asked you to do it, but you're more likely to do it if it was just your idea. So I am a questioner. So no, that doesn't check out at all. I remember taking it and being like, and it came out that I, and it came up as a questioner that I resist outer expectations, but meet inner expectations. I feel like I'm like, it may be an upholder with questioner tendencies because it also is really important to me to do things that other people ask me to do, but I kind of have to like have a reason. Like, I won't just do something someone asked me to do for, like, I have to know the context behind it.
0: Right. There's a little bit of question, I think, in all of us. But for the most part, I would say I'm an upholder, which makes sense. So I would want someone else to be like, I want you to do this. And like, I'm going to internalize that and I'm going to go. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Because just for this year, I'm like, I had to go back and listen to our last year's episode to even remember what my word of the year was. And I was like, that sucks. And it's not like I'm trying to be perfect with a resolution, but I think I just want to kind of have like a different take on what I want to do and focus on in 2020. And I think having someone else be accountable to, and I'm not saying like I have to talk to them every week, but have someone else be like, I think this is what you should do. So if listeners out there have ever done something like that, I'd love to hear about it, email us, tell us, send us your ideas, things that you'd love to do for the new year or throughout the year. Um, I've also seen calendars where there's like a resolution per month that you focus on. And I think that's really cool, too. But I just I think what I'm looking for is something that I can internalize a little bit more deeply. And I think that's what I that's what I want to do. Okay, so we're done.
1: We're done. That's we're it done. for this week. You can find us <laughs> on the social, Instagram. socials, at joyandclare underscore. We are on facebook.com forward slash girlsgonewad. You can go to girlsgonewadpodcast.com. You can email us, girlsgonewad at gmail.com. This is probably the last week that girlsgonewad at gmail.com will be our thing. We're probably going to need to go to Claire at gmail.com, assuming that that's even open. I haven't even looked for it yet. Don't go grab yeah. it. I'm going to go get it right now.
2: Yeah, don't go grab um, it. Yeah, <sighs> go get it. Go get
0: it.
1: Go get it. Go get it. Go <laughs> it. Go get it. Go um, we hope you guys had enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for the support. For our new podcast, as a reminder, starting in January, we are retiring Girls Gone Wad, and we will be launching our new podcast called This Is Joy and Claire. You can still find that everywhere you get your podcasts. It'll be in all the same places that you currently get Girls Gone Wad, And we are going to make it super easy for you to switch over. So just stay tuned for further instructions on that. Watch our social channels. Watch your email if you're on our newsletter list, which I know I haven't sent a newsletter in like six months, but nonetheless, we will still email you. And it's just going to be great. It's going to be so easy. And thank you guys so much for your excitement and your support of our switch. Everyone is, seems to be just as excited as we are, which is pretty exciting. Exciting. Excited. Excited. Hey. We're excited. Excitement. We're full of excitement. Have a great week, guys. So excited. And don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors, Ned. HelloNed.com. Discount code GGW. will get you some fantastic CBD products from our very favorite people. And super fat superfat.com discount code GGW for the most delicious little nut butter power snacks you've ever had. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Thank you for listening to another fantastic episode. We'll talk to you next week.